Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. It is Palm Sunday. What an interesting time this is. Uh, Here, what's known as Holy Week, where usually we extend ourselves maybe more than uh, usual, where we have kind of bigger services and more decorations and uh, Easter coming up and we buy new clothes and get our hair done. Um, And now we are stripped of all those things and are really left with what's important. And I really want to sit in that right now, this understanding of, you know, what is our faith about? What is Holy Week about? Uh, What does Palm Sunday mean? Uh, What does Easter mean? Uh, Because even though we can't gather like we usually do, Easter has still happened and is still happening. Resurrection is still alive. And so this morning we are going to step into this conversation about Palm Sunday, but it is going to be a little bit different because I think the circumstances warrant that. And I definitely want to try and be as connected to what is happening with all of us as much as possible. And so it's kind of a deconstruction Palm Sunday. Uh, And really the title is Don't Get Lost. And let's pause once again and let's pray. Father, my family is not with me and that grieves my heart. We are not able to gather together as we normally would and see each other and encourage each other in person. And so I pray, Lord, you would give us the boldness and ability to extend ourselves in the ways that we can. And I do pray that this morning would be encouraging to all of us where we are and with all that is happening, Lord. I pray that you would provide for those who are finding themselves without work, those whose businesses are struggling, uh, those who are isolated and feel alone. Father, I pray that this time that we have would bring us together in some way. And again, thank you for your faithfulness through all this, Lord. May you inspire us, give us imaginations of how Your kingdom looks in this time, in these circumstances. 
and we want to lean into those things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you of a few things. Uh, We have meetings taking place throughout the week. We have Zoom meetings happening Tuesday with uh, Corrine at 2 o'clock, and that's for all of you who are stuck at home with your kids. I know that even my sister-in-law was able to join in from Texas last Tuesday, and it was very encouraging. So all of you who are at home with your kids and going crazy, lock yourself in the bathroom and get online for uh, 40 minutes and meet with others and encourage one another, tell each other your stories. Uh, You can laugh, you can cry, and you can kind of enjoy each other's company for that time. Uh, Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., Beth is leading us through prayer. I hope you'll join us now more than ever. It's a great time to be able to pray. Um, Friday is Good Friday, and we last week we met with Dr. Quinlan and talked about fear, and I got a lot of good response with that. Um, I am still thinking about meeting with Dr. Quinlan, but talking about Good Friday and celebrating communion together um, and what that looks like at this time. And so join us Friday at 6.30 p.m. for our Good Friday slash mental health um, meeting. And then Saturday mornings, Ben is meeting with the men. I know I announced it, but I forgot to put a slide up for Ben because I got all out of whack. I think Saturday, I thought it was Friday. And anyway, my schedule is kind of all over the place. If yours is like that as well, I'm not really sure. Every day is kind of Saturday right now, it seems, except today. Today feels like Sunday, but um, all these things are happening through the week. Also want to remind you uh, about giving online. Uh, Because we're not able to get together and collect, uh, we do still uh, run, I guess, or make things happen because of your offerings. And so those things are online and they are uh, up on our website and the screen. And I encourage you guys to go to our website and go to the give link and you can find the ways to give either online. You can find us also on the bank with the um, things here, Zelly Gill posted. And there's my grandkids and my wife. Or else you can mail a check to the Genesis Community Church and there's the address, 1043 West Foothill Boulevard. Uh, You know, it seems strange to ask you guys to continue worshiping through the tithes and offering when I know uh, many of you are struggling financially, um, do what you can. You know, there is no pressure. Uh, We are going to move forward and God is going to do what he does and we are going to do what we can do with what we have regardless. But if you are able to give, I encourage you to do so in these ways. Okay. Um, I want to continue kind of talking and leaning into this idea of fear and what fear does, how uh, it forces us to think in ways that we don't usually think. It forces us to make decisions that maybe we don't have to make normally. Because of these current events, you know, the fear of losing jobs, business, home, our health, or these kinds of things, it shows up in our life, in our thoughts in one degree or another. You know, some of us, we, we have a, a cough or we sneeze and our minds go, I wonder if I have the virus. 
I, I have incredibly bad allergies right now. And so I know they're allergies because I've had allergies my whole life and the itchy eyes and all those things. I, I know it's allergies, but still when I sneeze, there's this little voice in the back of your mind saying, coronavirus. You know, you just kind of have this worry that takes place in the sphere that kind of is overshadowing so much of our thoughts. And the early church was not a stranger to fear. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus tells them about the persecution that they will face. And, and we know, looking back on history, that the, the first century church went through incredible persecution. And he even tells them that he's sending them out as sheep among wolves. Right? How is that for an encouraging sermon? Right? I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. What does that do to us? And what is this supposed to do? We might see a glimpse of it, but sometimes we have a hard time grasping it. And so if you can, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to start here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26 It says, so have no fear of them, of them being the people who are going to persecute you, the wolves that he's sending them out amongst. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. I find this interesting. He he tells them not to be afraid. And I would think then the reason he would tell them not to be afraid is because I am with you and I'm going to take care of you. And, And he is going to tell them that later, but that's not what he says right here. He tells them the reason why they shouldn't be afraid is because the time will come when everything will be uncovered, when everything that is presently secret will be made known. Why would that help us not be afraid? Why would an understanding of what is happening give us confidence and courage in this moment? I think knowing that we are doing the right thing for the right reasons gives us a sense of hope, a sense of courage that I am going to make it through, right? It's like knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel helps us persevere and get through these things. But courage is an interesting thing because courage isn't the absence of fear, right? When you're afraid, you feel afraid. When you're being courageous, what you feel is fear. But what happens is you take a posture in that feeling that pushes you or leans you forward. And that's why those who, you know, do heroic things, who show courage, it doesn't mean they're not afraid when they run into the burning building to rescue someone. What they feel is fear, but they posture themselves in a way to lean past the emotion and to do something that is noble to do something that is right. And so Jesus is saying, everything that is a secret is going to be proclaimed. The hidden things are going to come to light. And that's supposed to help us make it through the emotion of fear. 
In Galatians, Paul tells us, chapter 6, let us not grow weary in doing right, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Again, there is this idea of there is a reason why we're doing something, and if we don't give up, then we are going to reap. And so then he says in verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, to everyone, right? And especially to those who are in the household of faith. So first he tells us not to fear. And then he goes on and he tells us back to Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's a strange thing to say, and we're going to get back to that. He goes on and he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Now, why would Jesus tell his followers, don't be afraid, and then tell them, but do be afraid of this, and then go on and tell them, but don't be afraid, all in a matter of a few sentences? Right? What is this don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear him who can destroy the soul and body in hell? I used to believe that this was referring to God because I thought God was the only one who could kill the soul or destroy the soul. But I don't think that any longer. I, I think the soul means more than what I used to think it means, and I think is that hell is actually broader than the sense that I had given it before. You see, Jesus believed that Israel faced enemies on different levels. There was the obvious ones. There was Rome. There was Herod. There were those who were under them. But then there were other enemies that had the power to kill the soul as well. And Jesus addressed these things throughout his teachings and ministry. He told the religious leaders in Matthew 23, verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. There's something going on here where their doctrine, their position and belief towards God was actually moving people away from God. He would also say in John chapter 8, verse 44, to these religious leaders, you are the father, you are your father, you are of your father, the devil. And, and so there is a darkness that is taking place when it gives us an understanding of God that is false, that is able to blind us from the light and actually lead us into darkness, that is able to destroy the hope and the truth and the light that would be within us. In Matthew chapter 6, 
Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? You see, I believe that our soul is destroyed when we believe and pursue what is wrong, what is unhealthy, the question then is, what is wrong? What is that which is unhealthy? I think all of us at one time or another have gone to the supermarket when we we're young and got lost, right? You're a kid and you go to the supermarket and your, your mom or your dad is, is shopping and they're getting the groceries and you hang out in the cereal aisle because, hey, that's of interest to you. Or they have that one little portion in the aisle that has toys, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? And they're all cheap toys, but hey, they're toys and they're better than string beans or whatever else is down the road. And so you hang out in that one spot for a period of time and then you notice there's a little panic that sits in that your mom isn't there. Right? And so you think, okay, I've got to go find my mom. And so you, you go down the aisles and you start looking for your mom. And the more aisles you go down and don't see her, the more the panic rises. And then the panic really rises is when you go up to someone and grab them by the arm and they weren't your mom, but they had the same hairdo as your mom. And then they look at you and you think, oh my gosh, that isn't my mom. You know, someone has switched moms on me and my mom is no longer in the building. And then you freak out. I think we know that idea of being lost. And, and I think we are experiencing some of that frantic feeling even now. I, I'm lost in my schedule, right? I, I have to stay at home. I'm lost in my circumstances, with my job, with my uh, finances. I, I'm lost in being able to do the things that I'm used to doing. My schedule is no more. I, I'm having how to learn to use Zoom Right, I, and I'm like trying to figure this out, and it, I'm so sorry for those of you who are struggling to connect with us on Zoom. It, it is just a frustrating time. How do we navigate these times without going crazy? How, how do we move forward and, and not f- allow this feeling of being lost to consume us? In Mark chapter eight. Jesus, calling the crowd to him with his disciples, said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give and return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Eugene Peterson's translation, the message of this, it says, don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way my way, to saving yourself, your true self. And listen to this. He says, what good would it do to get everything you want 
and lose you, the real you, what could you ever trade your soul for? There is always the danger of losing who we really are. The, the temptation at this time is, I think, to lose the real us, to retreat into fear, to retreat into self-preservation, to retreat into a mindset that only cares about our survival and not recognizing that there are others who are hurting. There are people in need. We can destroy our souls by just worrying about our bodies and lose who we are in the sacrifice of serving, not fearing that we are losing who we really are in our souls. And this is a difficult thing. It's not an easy thing to navigate through, right? Some of us who are older are more vulnerable. Some of you I know are dealing with prior health conditions, right, that make you even more susceptible to this virus, and it could be deadly to you. And so you have to be wise, but how do you be, how can you be wise and not lose yourself to fear? How can you still maintain an attitude of sacrifice? How can you show courage, posture yourself in spite of the dangers that are before you? And I don't have an easy answer for that, but I have these warnings of Jesus about how we posture ourselves at this time when we're feeling afraid to a place where we just think about ourselves. You know, it, it, it's a crazy thing to think of how we got to where we are, right? To think that a man in Wuhan, China, ate a bat, got sick, and now there's no basketball, no baseball, no school or church meetings, that we are all stuck at home because of one person doing this one act could ripple this kind of effect. It's just mind-boggling. But you see, it works the other way too. It, it, it takes maybe the same kind of action, but in a different direction to cause a different rippling effect to take place, right? And, and that brings us to the Palm Sunday where Jesus positioned himself to go to Jerusalem, even though waiting for him was the cross. And in Luke 19, we have his entry into Jerusalem. And we call it the triumphant entry because this is a time where people are celebrating, where people are recognizing him. But this is going to be short-lived. This celebration is going to turn to jeering not very long. Right after Palm Sunday comes Good Friday, and it's such interesting terms, right? It's like Palm Sunday, triumphant entry, and then, oh yeah, then there's the cross, and then there's Good Friday where he dies. Strange way of putting things, and then, of course, we know there's resurrection, these seasons. 
And then Luke 19, verse 37, as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. There was something happening that Jesus moving to the place of sacrifice was bringing about the rejoicing of even creation. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, moving towards the cross, despising the shame for the joy set before him, which was on the other side of the cross, is now seated at the right hand of God. What Jesus asks of us is what he showed us. When he says, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Before we ever acknowledge Jesus, he acknowledged us. He despised the shame that was put on himself and saw joy past it for us. When he said, "Forever, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Before we were ever asked to give our lives for the sake of Jesus or the gospel, Jesus gave his life. And so through this time, more than ever, we each need to find out how can we do this? How can we live out the gospel? How can we count joy on the other side of the difficulties? How do we see past the fear and the circumstances that are always present, especially if we're watching the news, and understand that there is rejoicing that can take place, but maybe we just don't hear it. Maybe we're not attuned to what is happening. You see, the most, one of the most frequent commands in Scripture is fear not. It doesn't mean that you will not feel afraid. It means that you will not let fear steer your life. You will not let it destroy your soul. You will not let it blacken the light that is still before us because that one rippling effect of Christ going to the cross changed history. Just like one man eating a bat in China has changed history. What can I do that is going to change the future 
for the people around me? What little acts can I do of generosity, of kindness, of extending myself, of not counting my own life, but sacrificing to give to others in some way and somehow is going to ripple this effect and open the curtains to allow the light to shine in that will allow the rocks to cry out and say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What can I do to change the effects of fear that are taking place in our society? Well, to do this, we have to not count our lives as more important than others. We have to live in this sacrifice, even as Christ did, in some way and somehow. And we are wanting to do this making those phone calls, checking up on people. If you know someone has financial needs through this time, what can you do? Can you take them groceries? What can you do to help someone? Can you give them some resources? Even Friday night, Miriam gave us some uh, helpful resources on those who have lost their job to be able to get grants. Right. If this is your situation, then this is what we want to do. We want to help you through this time. It costs time of us, but it's life-giving. It, it, it's keeping our lives instead of losing them. It, it is that self-sacrifice that helps us not to get into a place where everything we see is darkness. And then the darkness just gets greater and greater. This is the time that we have to change the effect of the hearts that are trapped by fear. This is the opportunity we have by our courageous stance to lean into what is happening around us and make a difference. And so even though these are trying times, and even though we are dealing with the pressure of solitude and dealing with all the uncomfortable things that we have to embrace, instead of trying to get out of this and feel better, let's allow this time to open our eyes to the needs that are around us. Let's allow this season that is Holy Week to be a time where we want to move like Jesus did towards the cross, towards the things that are going to bring the resurrected life into focus to those around us. Let us position ourselves so that the joy set before us outshines the darkness that is here around us. Take courage. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with us. And if we give our lives to him, he will give his life to us. That's his promise. And he tells us he takes care of the sparrows. You see, he tells us, don't be afraid. Be afraid of this darkness, but understand God is for us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? Let's pray. Father, I do pray that through this awkward and just strange time, we would find courage. Lord, we wouldn't try to escape fear, but we would try to find your life, your light in the midst of it. 
I pray for everyone who is listening, Lord, that you would even now spark their imaginations with creative ways to extend love to those around them, to their neighbors, to their family, to the friends from work, people from church, those who are at risk. Give us courage to maybe even go past our comfort zones, Lord. Extend ourselves to places that will allow your light to shine. Let us not fear what can destroy our bodies, Lord. Let us not be foolish, but let us not let this virus stop us from living a life that is full. I pray that you would give us this courage. You would give us wisdom. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Randy's going to give us a chorus to that song that he sang earlier. Do not grow weary in doing what is well. May you understand that all that is unknown will be known, that the God of love is working in our hearts and in this time. Do not fear what can destroy the body, but fear not living the full life that God is able to do and live within you. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Miss you guys. Love you guys. Hope to see you on one of the Zoom uh, meetings. Go ahead and check our Facebook page. Uh, to see when those are, and we will put those up on our website as well, thegenesisstory.com. God bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. Bye. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.